Let's pray together. Father in heaven, you are good. And God, we sing this song this morning, how he loves us, Lord, but I keep going back to that one phrase that says, our afflictions are forgotten or covered up by your glory. And Jesus, we know that in this room today, there are those who are happy, those that are excited, those that are grieving. So wherever we come to today, Lord, I, as we worship, as we, as, we, as we dive into your word, I pray, Father, that you would eclipse everything by your glory. That it would be a comfort and a strength to us. And that you'd minister us each individually. You are a big and sovereign and holy God. And you do that in such a way that astonishes me. So Lord, move. And Lord, speak. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, take your Bible this morning. We're going to be in the New Testament book of James, chapter 4 specifically. And we're back on track with a new teaching series, or a continued teaching series, not a new one called who is he and what we're doing is we're investigating the character of God and who he is now to catch you up just a little bit because we have taken a break over the last several weeks um, when we think about the character of God we have to think of God not just as one way just like you're not just in one way you are multifaceted you are good and sometimes you're angry agreed you are kind and sometimes in your nature, you demonstrate wrath. God, in his, in his ways and in his power, is the same. And if we were to quote, like we quote many weeks during this text, the great theologian called Shrek, he's like an onion. <laughs> it's many layers, right? And the more you know those layers, the more you know your God. He is not just loving, even though he is, right? We're going to deal with that. But there's so many other facets to him, so many other important details that we sometimes leave out. Sometimes we don't recognize it, and when we go to him in prayer, in our grief, knowing that God is loving, it may not be what we need to hear from him. And in, even in our sin, knowing that God is loving, it may not be enough. We need to be convicted. And in our excitement, we need to know that God is sometimes calling us to be humble. Make sense? So here's what we've dealt with so far. God is knowable, which is something very fascinating when we think about any other religious system in the world. Those gods aren't relational, but when we deal with the only and true God of the Bible, we have to understand that the holy and powerful God, and we're going to deal with his majesty next week, which hopefully blows your mind, but here's the deal. Our God is knowable. You can know God, have a relationship with him. Our God is sufficient. So what is your need today? think through that you have one right and i want you to get beyond the temporal stuff like finances and health go deeper than that what's your need today he's sufficient for that god is unchanging the god that you read about in the old testament and the new testament is the same god as he is today he hasn't changed he hasn't moved his trajectory or changed his path or plan just because we've changed he's unchanging and then we talk about the god of wisdom and how you and I and our wisdom try to do things and it's imperfect, but in his wisdom it's not only perfect, but it's righteous and good, right? Now this morning we're going to deal with something that's a bit of a shocker. So I would like to like maybe designate some of, these, some of these characteristics as ones that we see positives and ones that we maybe don't see positive or possibly don't understand. And I want to start out by asking this question. You ever been jealous? 
On a count of three, let's all say yes. One, two, three. Yes. You know what has elevated jealousy more than anything else in our culture today? Social media, right? You ever got get on there and it's like, look at my new car, and you're like so jealous about it, I want to key your new car? You know what I mean? You've gotten behind those people, and it's like the bumper sticker says, my kid is an honor roll kid at such and such elementary school, and you just want to go, my kid can beat up your honor roll student, that kind of stuff. Have y'all ever had these issues before? Have you ever looked around you and been like, man, I, I, look, I'm going to be, believe it or not, I go to the gym pretty regularly, and I just feel like I need to wear a hoodie and walk around like this. You get what I'm saying here? Jealousy is real. And when we begin to look at other people and what's going on in life, jealousy rears its head. And most of the time, it's driven out of some sort of pride, is it not? And that pride leads to jealousy. That jealousy leads to what? Hate. So, I want you to understand that we also serve a jealous God. But when we think about our perspective of jealousy, that doesn't make sense, does it? Because jealousy is a negative thing. It's something you weren't taught. From the moment you were a kid as a toddler, you and I were extremely, extremely jealous. But it's all over Scripture in the top ten, meaning the Ten Commandments, Exodus chapter 20, verse 5. Notice what it says here. One of the commandments says, Don't have any idols before me. You shall not bow to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a what? Jealous God. What? We read a little further if we go in different parts. We're just going to look at three or four here. In Joshua chapter 24, verse 19, Joshua said to the people, You are not able to serve the Lord. He is holy. He is a what? Jealous God. If we read a little further and go into the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 22, notice what the Apostle Paul says. Are you trying to arouse the Lord's what? Jealousy. And then finally, our key text this morning in James chapter 4, verse 5, it says, James says this, or do you think Scripture says without reason that he, what, jealously longs for us? So what does it mean to be jealous and how to serve a jealous God? And how does that impact you? Because this is one of those deep dives into Scripture that we understand the character of God. So why is he jealous and what is he jealous for and why does that relate to us? Well, let's answer the first question. What is God jealous for? Really simple here. He is jealous for you and he's jealous for his glory. Now, let's deal with that. When I was six years old, I was born in 1970, none of your business. <laughs> Star Wars was all the rage. Any of you grow up like that in the 80s and the 70s? And now it, it kind of had a resurgence back in the late 90s and even now. Star Wars was all the rage, man. And, you know, one of the, the movies that just really inspired me to become Han Solo was Return of the Jedi. And I'll never forget, you know, I was infatuated with the toys, with the movies. And so I got all these toys. I'd spray them out, spread them out in my, in my room at home. And my aunt bought me the soundtrack to Star Wars. Now, how cool is this, right? Now, it just wasn't any soundtrack. Students, listen to me. It was a record. And I'm not talking about like a record like you got, like, look how vintage. No, this was like we bought it new, okay? And she bought it for me. I put it on my record player at home. You know, you got it. And you know what I'm talking about, guys. If you had a record player, you couldn't like, ee, like that because you'd scratch your record and then your record's gone. So it wasn't like an eight track twos, right? You had to be really careful of those eight tracks. And if you wanted to hear one song, you had to let the whole thing play flute through to listen to it again. So put the little pin, the little needle on the record player, and I listened to the Star Wars soundtrack. I'd have all my Star Wars figures and all this stuff, and I would play and have sword fights and all this stuff, and I'd pretend to be Han Solo. I'd reimagine the movies, and I had all this in the background. 
sound. And I was the only kid that I knew that had the actual record for the Star Wars soundtrack. You know what that makes you at six years old? Cool. <laughs> so me and my buddy named Robbie, we would get together and we would have Star Wars play dates. They didn't call them that then because we were much more cooler. And so we would get together, we'd put all Star Wars men out. All this stuff would happen, and we'd play the Star Wars soundtrack, and Robbie goes, man, we've got to come to your house because we've got to play the Star Wars soundtrack, and we're going to listen to it. I said, yeah, come on over. And it was just like, I, you kind of feel like, man, i got something up on other people. You know what I'm talking about? One day I took my record over to his parents' house, and his dad recorded it, which made me a little bitter. I'm not going to lie. You know what I'm talking about here? It's like, you don't copy me. This is mine. But I got over it because I still had the original. A few weeks later, my six-year-old hands was pressing down onto the record, and it snapped in half. I know, man, right? It's a tragedy of my life. And Robbie still had the cassette, that new little thing that they record things on. And you know what that caused in me? At six years old, what did it cause? Jealousy, right? I was angry. I broke the record, but I blamed it on him because he loosened it. You get what I'm saying? Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? I was frustrated. That's the kind of jealousy you and I deal with. It's when we want something that somebody else has or an experience somebody else has or compare ourselves, we get jealous, which leads to pride, causes from pride, and it leads to anger, and eventually it destroyed our six-year-old friendship. That is not God's jealousy. I want you to understand that. When we talk about the jealousy of God, we're talking about a righteousness that goes way beyond anything you and I can understand. It's a jealousy for you. It's a jealousy for his plan. It's a jealousy for his glory. So when we look at Scripture as a whole, I want you to remember these categories here. God is jealous for his plan. He has a plan of action for creation. He has a plan of action for you. He has a plan that when we divert from it or say it's not good enough, there's a righteous jealousy he has. He has a plan for you. He has a jealousy for you. Have you ever been distracted by the things that aren't of God? On, one, on the count of three, everybody say this. One, two, three, yes, right? We've all been distracted by those things. And there's a jealous desire that yearns for you to be on a path for God. And he has a jealousy for his name or for his glory. What does that mean? A jealousy for his name or for his glory is saying, he is sufficient in all that he is for us. And when we choose something otherwise, we taint his glory, thus forsake any satisfaction we could ever have on this planet. That's a righteous jealousy. Much like a jealousy you may have in your own marriage to where anything that creeps in is evil, you have a jealousy to make sure that it continues to be right. You feel me on this? You understand what I'm going at with? A jealousy for the things that are righteous the jealousy for the things that are good so let's kind of deal with this I want you to understand this and we're going to take a little bit of deep dive in this and dissect it so I want you to remember these categories he has a jealousy for his plan you got that he has a jealousy for you you got that he has a jealousy for his glory remember that let's deal with his glory for a moment and dissect it because there's a few things we seem not to understand when we talk about in terms of glory that means god puts his character his holiness and who he is on display for creation and get this last word to apprehend well, what does that mean you get to grasp it you know 
none of you in this room more than likely will ever walk across the face of the moon do you get it and even fewer people on this planet will ever go to the depths of the sea however we have a god that allows us to apprehend and grasp and experience his glory which is the creator of all that stuff you with me and he jealously yearns for you to experience that to have that to be overwhelmed by that he puts his character out there and when we forsake that glory we choose something that is contrary that is far less you with me far far less now let's go to james chapter 4 i want you to read this and here's a, here are the things that causes that jealousy within us and causes things to be at war james chapter 4 let's go one through two what causes fights and quarrels among you you ever just break up your kids from fighting and you go what happened does it really matter <laughs> what causes fights and quarrels among you don't they come from your desires that battle within you is that isn't that truth so what are you fussing about you ever got an intense conversation with your significant other yes you ever got frustrated with a sibling yes why that last phrase there they come from desires that battle within us then it goes on to verse just two you desire but you do not have so you kill you covet but you cannot get what you want so you quarrel and fight you do not have because you do not ask god and when you ask you don't receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your own pleasures here you see that whole the problem here is that we're wanting stuff to fulfill our desires instead of turning to the stuff maker you get me and god it says this in verse four you adulterous people don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against god therefore anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of god and then here's the here's the key verse five or do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit that he calls to dwell in us he longs for you he longs for your pathway to be in sync with his steps he longs for you to be transformed into the image of god like you were created to be in genesis chapter one he longs for his glory to be your chief satisfaction and peace he longs for that stuff and that is completely and totally righteous right that's the jealousy of god yet here's what we do we keep on searching for other stuff we keep on hoping in other things we keep on looking for some other situation or experience or thing or person to fulfill everything we need have you been there and because of that go back to verse 5 he jealously longs for you is it when we turn our attention off his plan when we turn our attention off of the image that we are created in and what we're supposed to be and when we turn our attention off the satisfier of all things and the provider of all things we lose that hope of glory that he's placed in us so when we think through these things in dissecting this and and here's what here's the deal 
I don't want you to leave here thinking that God is always jealous and frustrated with you because most of us walk around feeling that way anyway, right? Do y'all? I do. I mean, I, I feel like 95% of my life I feel like a failure. Been there? Messed up again. Messed up again. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't want you to think that. What I want you to understand is this. He is sufficient for all things because all other things are not. So, here's what we do. What do we do with this text? What do we do with this characteristic? Because like we prayed just a few minutes ago, our afflictions eclipse in the face of his glory. How does that apply to you today? Because these are real things. If you and I believe that there is a sovereign and unchanging and holy and loving God, we also have to understand there's a jealous God. He's jealous for you. How does that make a difference in your life personally today in 2023? Let's go back to the text here. Chapter 4. I want to give you four thoughts and then three statements. And I'll get you out of here. Okay. Thought number one, go to, verse, go to verse six. It says, but he gives us more grace. Thought number one, regardless, regardless of where you are, James chapter four, let's go back to it one more time, verse six, but he gives us more grace. Thought number one is you gotta get this. Redemption is always available because of God's grace in your life. That's thought number one. So, so here's the deal. He's jealous for you, but makes a pathway for you at the same time when you stray. Isn't that good news for us this morning? The suffering that you're experiencing, the joy that you're experiencing, whether it's bought into things that are not of you or are of, you, are of God, there's always a pathway back to it because of God's great grace for you. So here's my question. Have you wandered? Probably. Have you been distracted? Absolutely. And redemption is always available, and that's the message of Jesus Christ. Through his jealousy, God provides Christ to take the place for you and I where we've messed up and therefore offers continual redemption for us. That's thought number one. Thought number two. Go to verse seven. Notice this. Or I'm sorry, stay in verse six, chapter four, verse six. But he gives us more grace. That is why Scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Now get this. God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. And here's what I want you to understand. It's the recognition, and, and let's go to verse 7 too. Let's deal with that. Chapter 4 in James, verse 7. Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now what does all this mean? Let's deal with it. Redemption is available. That was thought number one. But it's also the recognition that God's plan and calling is far better than anything else we can experience in life. It's the recognition in God's plan that everything is far better than anything else that we can experience in life. And for you and I, as we go through this life and we begin to think through what is God jealous for, he's jealous for you to experience hope. Isn't that a good jealousy? He's jealous for you to experience joy in him. And when we go back to that phrase there in chapter, chapter 4 of James in verse 7, submit yourselves then to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. Here's the point, and this is what we need to make sure that we're getting. 
is that when we're submissive to what God wants, we're submissive to his plan. And when we're following God's plan, that's always the best place for us to be. Agreed? So it's the idea that recognition that God's plan and calling is far better. Fault number three, verses eight and nine. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. That is some tough language, agreed? Nobody wants to hear that. You just want to go to somebody at church and say, wash your hands? <laughs> That's terrible. But think through it. This is what it's saying to us here, is that we need to understand that there's a practice of repentance that we need to experience on earth. And that's how we grow closer in our relationship with God. It's constantly turning from where we are and turning towards the Lord. That's repentance. And the more you repent, the more you grow. The more you grow, the more you experience God. The more you experience God, the more satisfied you are, regardless of the circumstances. Agreed? So, verse 9. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter in the morning and your joy to gloom. But then here's the last part here. Verse 9. So thought number one, remember, redemption is always available. Thought number two, get this, is that recognition that God's plan and calling is far better than anything you can come up with. Thought number three, get that, practice repentance daily, moment by moment. I constantly am finding myself having to repent some things, don't you? So Lord, I need to turn from that because my focus is off. Here's, here's, here's thought number four. External exaltation, eternal, I'm sorry, exaltation awaits well what does that mean get this last verse go down to verse 4 or chapter 4 let's get down into verse verse uh, 10 he says humble yourselves before the Lord in that little last phrase he will lift you up you hear that he will lift you up what does that mean one day all the stuff that we're struggling with all the stuff that frustrates us will be gone there is an eternal exaltation that awaits us let's sum that up into one word are y'all ready church it's called hope it's called hope so let me give you these three thoughts these three statements and these won't be on the screen because I was thinking through this even this morning as I was praying through what to say this morning because this is a difficult subject even for me to sit up here and talk to you about right Nobody wants to sit up and talk about God's jealousy. You wait till we get to talk about God's wrath in a few weeks. That's going to be fun. <laughs> when we think about God's jealousy, there are three things, I think. For those of you who are hurting this morning, here's the deal. Because God is jealous for you, and you know Jesus, that pain's not going to last. You hear me on that? Because God is jealous for you, when you know Jesus, that pain won't last. That's a good thing. For those of you who feel conviction and you're on, got on, on, on the wrong path, and for all of us who begin to get distracted away from his glory, I want you to understand this. Because he's jealous for you, this conviction will not pass. That's good. That means you know Jesus. <laughs> that means he's jealously pulling you toward his pathway and that's a great thing y'all three because God is jealous for you the more you seek things on this planet to satisfy you the more you realize they never will 
because he is the total satisfaction for you. That's a good thing. You and I are to keep pursuing Jesus. So how do we wrap this up this morning? I told you last week, we're getting ready to partner with some church plants in Montana. And uh, I had to suffer and go to Montana a few weeks ago and interview some of the church planters. Uh, and we, we, we talked to two, two individuals, one's named Caleb and one's named Jeremy. And both of these guys love Jesus, and they're planting some churches in some very difficult places. Uh, it, yes, it is beautiful, but the people are far from God, even more so than we are in some ways. Um, and we're, we're riding through this place, and, you know, it's, it's, it's like a postcard everywhere you go. Now, they do say in the wintertime it's negative 40, which I'm cool not going there. You know what I mean? <laughs> so we're riding through this place, and it's like postcards, and we've got our little rental car, and we're putting along, and you get people who are flying by you with convertibles and, and, and Jeeps without the tops on and things like that, and they're, they're really experiencing it. you know. And then you got the Harley riders coming around the curves going 80 miles an hour, enjoying all this stuff, and it's like, what a cool experience, right, for them as I putter along in my little economy car <laughs> then we stop at a place and you know I, I decide let's hike a little bit and we go up a mountain and I get up about a hundred feet up the trail and it's up like this and I'm completely out of breath and then here's people who are pregnant jogging by me uh, that's always exciting y'all been there before that so, man it's like oh I'm just giving you a head start you know I know it's tough praying for you all right that kind of stuff and then, you know, a little further, we'll go get something to eat, and there's these kids in their 20s. And they're like, I'm just taking the year to find myself and hike through Yellowstone, and it's going to be amazing. And we've seen wolves and grizzly bears and buffalo, and I've become one with nature. And I'm like, you know what, can I just chill with you for a little bit and walk around? This would be cool. I don't want to become one with nature like you do. But, uh, man, how freeing is that? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Do y'all remember before you had a mortgage? Wasn't that wonderful? <laughs> And I just find myself like, man, this is not, I mean, this is great, but it's, there's always something there to taint it, isn't there? And then you didn't get cell phone service because I couldn't tell you how awesome it was. And you'd be jealous. <laughs> and then I look at the mountains, man, and it's beautiful. We go by and we see this wildlife, it's amazing. But even that, it's like God spoke to my heart and he said this, you think this is good? You just wait. Let me tell you something. The jealousy of God says, you think this is good? You just wait. You just wait. This is hard? Listen to me. You just wait. You feeling convicted? You just wait. Pursue Jesus, know Jesus. And this morning, if you don't know Christ... I want to encourage you to know the majesty and the love of God that he offers you through Jesus Christ by asking him to come into your life, acknowledging who he is. It's as simple as A, B, and C. Admit you're separated from God because of sin. B, believe that Jesus Christ is who he says he is. He died on the cross and rose from the dead. And then confess that. C, ask him to come into your life. For those of you who know Jesus, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Begin to practice repentance and find your hope in the glory of God. For those of you going through a difficult season, understand this, this will not be forever. This will not be forever. The promise of Scripture is that one day He will lift you up. Cling to that hope. 
If you need Jesus this morning, I want to encourage you, whether at home or here, to text in the phrase, I need Jesus, or check off the box that's on your card. It says, today I need to know Christ. If you want to get baptized, we'd love to do that too. But here's what I'm also going to offer to you this morning. JB, you come on up and the rest of the worship team. As they come up and get ready to lead us in worship, I'll be standing over to my left. I'll be happy to pray with you. If you need prayer this morning, you need Jesus this morning, I'll be over here to my left. But let's go and seek the God of glory who jealously longs for you. Y'all with me? Father, we love you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for the hope we have in you. And I pray, God, that this morning as we begin to follow you and fix our eyes on you, I pray, Jesus, that you would speak. I pray, Jesus, that you would move. I pray, Jesus, that you would overwhelm us with your presence and that, God, that you would fill us with your spirit. God, you are thankfully a jealous God that calls us and beckons us to your plan because you love us and for your glory because that fills us. And so, Jesus, in the midst of all heartache and happiness in this room, I pray that we would constantly repent back to who you are. Jesus, we love you. In your gracious and powerful name we pray. Amen.